Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm chatting with Matt Weingarten, Head Chef for Dig, a New York City-based planned forward fast casual with 30 locations. This week, Matt is opening Dig on 4th evolving the concept into a hybrid model that merges fast casual and full service into an all-day cafe. The more extensive menu encourages guests to linger. Along with Dig's popular customizable bowls, Dig on Forth offers all-day happy hour with beer, wine, cider, and craveable snacks, as well as shareable sheet tray dinners, sandwiches on house-made focaccia, and seasonal plates, Matt believes in the power of a shared meal around the table and the power of community. And Dig on Forth is designed to achieve both. Listen as he describes how the restaurant balances high tech with high touch in both the kitchen and front of house, and how he hopes to replicate the model as it expands into smaller cities and suburbia. Welcome, Matt. So glad to have you with me today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Great. Well, let's begin by you telling me a little bit about the culinary journey that led you to your current position as head chef at DIG. Sure. Um, Thanks for asking. It's a pretty simple journey. I moved to New York City to work in fine dining many, many years ago, and I had the good fortune of working for Chef Larry Forgione at an American place at the time. And I really was just seeking cooking at its highest level but really was in that kitchen that I learned that where our food comes from matters and actually being able to navigate the seasons and understand why this lamb is tender or why this turnip is sweet is important. And so I learned that as sort of a a young Comey cook and that has stayed with me throughout both good cooking uh, with, you know, timeless techniques and a love of where our food comes from and, and who's growing it and how it's being grown. And so from there, I, I, I had the pleasure of working in a lot of great restaurants throughout New York City and always toggle between sort of high volume because I, I, I like a nice big high volume kitchen. And I like the idea of cooking for a lot of people really well with lower volume where there's a little bit more intimacy. And ultimately through that journey, um, landed me at Dig because I, I feel that everybody deserves to eat really good food, sourced really well, and uh, accessible to all. So it's been a great journey. And how many dig locations are there now? I'm happy to say that we are back up to our pre-pandemic of 30 and soon to surpass that. So right now we operate 30, what we call core dig outside of, which is separate from dig on fourth, which we're going to talk about in a second, which is sort of a new hybrid model for us. Right. So dig on fourth just opened this week and What I read about it, it's supposed to bridge the gap between fast casual and full service restaurants. So how does the menu and service style achieve that? Sure. Well, um, let's start with the menu. First of all, all the food that people know and love us for are build your own bowls with lots of vegetables, well-sourced protein are are still on the menu. So you can go in and you can order a a build your own bowl. You can get our our signature brown rice and uh, delicious sweet potatoes, cashew kale, Caesar, some tofu or some wild salmon and out the door. But we also added a couple other items. We have added some sandwiches that are built off of a lot of the same market items. So we have a, a delicious broccoli melt. So we take our, our, our garlicly lemon broccoli and we put a nice onion jam between some house baked focaccia uh, and some Jasper Hill cheese, which is the same cheese that we source for our mac and cheese. And we make a delicious, you know, 
melty, cheesy, vegetable-filled <laughs> sandwich. And then we also have a number of what I call, what we call bespoke bowls or signature bowls that'll change throughout the seasons. So we're taking a lot of those same items and we're adding things to them, which we're able to do now because we have somewhat of a different kitchen setup where uh, there's a proximity from the kitchen to, to the food. So we can take our tofu and make a delicious cashew chili crisp tofu bowl by adding a couple of other items, firing that ala menudo and serving to our guests. Mm. And so it's all, it's known kind of as like an all day cafe concept. Is that correct? For sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, listen, a lot's changed over the last few years. I think we all know that. And having a place to come and get a, a really nice meal, if it's, if it's mealtime or you're just really hungry or having a nice place to um, sit and meet with friends or, or possibly do some work, I think there's, there's a desire for that more and more. And so we want to design a restaurant experience that was very accessible to everybody that sort of married seamlessly the speed and the delicious vegetable forward food that we're known for with a little bit more of the full service, but I will say not fully engaged on that level. And what I mean by that is the, our belief is that we can all share in the building a community. And so we have some elements that are help yourself. We have a Bev cooler with some delicious beer and wine and banana pudding that you can go and help yourself. Uh, we have uh, coffee that you can pour yourself, dollar, what, where it's called, bottomless cup all day long. Oh, that's um, great. So I think there's an element that we want to take care of you. We want to plate a beautiful, delicious food, bring it to your table. But we also want to share in the community aspect of it. We have cutlery on the tables and you can help yourself. So I think it's a nice, uh, equitable mashup that ultimately leads to a great experience for everybody, our employees, our guests, most important, and the community around us. And you're also having a happy hour. Is that correct? <laughs> happy hour all day long. Uh, all day. Wow. You know, that's that that's just part of we're not really known for our our, our, our beverage program. We have been known uh, to date and we think our, our, our food goes great with a nice cold local cider or some delicious wine poured by the or by the little uh, milk bottle carafe. So, and we have some other dishes that um, to accompany that because a good beverage sometimes needs something to snack on. So a couple of new items that I'm excited about are, we have some buffalo cauliflower bites. We have some buffalo chicken bites. We also have some everything smashed potatoes. So just some nice little nibbles um, that you can uh, enjoy with a, with a nice beverage. Right. So it's a mostly a beer and wine license. Yeah, beer and wine at, at this point, uh, which is enough. I mean, when it, you're not walking into a, a serious fully stocked bar, those are great. We're not offering that. Most are still focusing on our vegetables, but we want to um, uh, you have a nice beverage to, to enjoy with that. Right. And the dishware is very unique, too. You, you um, purposely yeah, we, are so, yeah, sourcing sustainable yeah. dishware. Yeah, we have some, uh, I mean, part of part of being able to dine in is is using more reusable uh, dishware. We have some nice ceramic ware and we have some nice, uh, this nice aluminum speckle ware, which really performs nicely. You can cook right in the vessel and serve it right at the table. And those are, th- those are, those are a great way to sort of limit the amount of ware washing and uh, really bring the kitchen forward into the dining experience. Mm-hmm. So you don't need a lot of employees. I mean, you can manage it with, you know, small back of the house. Uh, for sure. I mean, that's part of the design as we, mm-hmm. uh, as we continue to grow and as we continue to want to pay our employees more and more. We've designed, we, we have figured a lot out over the last decade at Core Dig in terms of how to cook a lot of delicious food very efficiently. So we brought that over and married it with what is sort of more of a traditional fine dining or, or sit down service line. But we've made it pretty efficient because we still have sort of 
all of our core dig knowledge underpinning it. So yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty small labor model, but it does require uh, real cooks. And what I mean by that is just there, there, we, we are augmenting uh, for speed of service, some technology, which is great. I'm very excited about that, but ultimately we're still roasting off vegetables. We're still searing salmon to order, et cetera, et cetera. And we have found, and I've, I have always believed and we believe very strongly in the power of teaching people how to cook. It's a, it's a learnable skill. It's a teachable skill. And so we remain very committed to that. Let's talk a little bit about sourcing. I know that Dig has its own farm. So what yeah. do you produce there that goes into the <laughs> restaurants? You know, very little at the moment, as, as always happens in the spring. Everybody wants all the, all the snap peas to be available, but it's still, uh, the earth is still cold. But we have some of our um, first sort of wintered over young shoots out super excited for the tomatoes. We, we grow lots of heirloom tomatoes on the farm. Uh, we have, we'll be growing broccoli, we'll be growing kale, all sorts of different greens. Chef, uh, Farmer Larry, he's got a little penchant for Cardoon, uh, which we don't use in our, on our core dig, but he's got a little side business where he's, where he, where he grows Cardoon. And for sure, at dig on fourth, we'll be, I'll be highlighting some of Farmer Larry's Cardoon We'll also be growing ahi dulces or, or seasoning peppers, which show up on our menu in a bunch of places. So it's really great. I mean, it's, I mean, it's every chef's dream to have a farm where we can plant and plan for our menus. So that may, remains true. Is that in upstate New York or is it? Um, um, yes, it's in uh, Orange County. We're in Chester, New York, and it's the black dirt region of, hmm. uh, of New York, which is a very special agricultural region. It's basically, I'll give you the short version. It's basically a lagoon that was drained by the Dutch in, uh, I think, 1700s. And so it has this incredibly rich, fertile soil that is black as the name, black dirt region, and goes down like if you put your hand, it goes all the way up to sort of your elbow. And wow. it's beautiful, just, I mean, it looks, it looks like it's, you know, fertilizer you bought at Home Depot. I mean, it's, it's incredible how dark pitch black it is. Mm. It's super fertile and it's really great. We feel very lucky to be able to grow there. Yeah, I know they used to grow a lot of onions in that area. So. Still, still famous for onions. The, the, yeah. That that black dirt is very uh, rich in salt uh, and sulfur, so mm. that's why it's a uh, it's great onion growing region. And Dig on Fourth is is very close to the Union Square Green Market yeah. in Manhattan, so you'll be going there too to source. Some <laughs> that makes it makes me super happy. We are a block <laughs> south. I mean, we're I mean, all of our restaurants are close to Union Square. We happen to be literally uh, almost on the block of Union Square, and so. Uh, we're looking forward to highlighting green market specials. I have an amazing chef here, Frank Montero, who will be inspired by the green market to put different vegetable sides up. Those vegetables will also make their way onto our vegetable focaccia of the day. Right now, uh, we were really inspired. There's all, all the, all the, the, the first spring broccoli is all flowering. And so we bought some flowering broccoli and we mm. broccoli rob and we sliced it up nice and thin and add some Fresno chilies to it a nice bit of olive oil and garlic, and we put it in the focaccia, roast it off. It's a great way to support our local, uh, our local farmers, which are, which, you know, are amazing at Union Square. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought up the focaccia because I heard that that was one of the signatures on, at Dagon Fourth. So how did that come about? <laughs> yeah, um, it's inspired by um, a recipe that was developed at our um, sister restaurant, our full service restaurant, 232 Bleaker. Uh, it's a delicious recipe. We talked about teaching people how to cook. Focaccia is one of those items that I think in terms of introduction to bread baking, it's not as finicky as, as other breads. And so it's a really great primer for teaching someone what it means for yeast to rise and how to ferment and how to handle dough and um, 
And like I said, you, you put it in the oven and you put some olive oil on it and it's, and it's delicious. And we're baking sheets of that plain that are highlighted in all of our sandwiches. That is sort of our standard in-house bread. Mm. Uh, and then we're doing a vegetable focaccia of the day. Like I said, it will, it'll change daily, it'll change weekly, whatever's in the market and sort of a very traditional joie de vivre kind of style. Uh, this, is what's, this is what's available. Put it on some uh, nice focaccia and, and, and roast it off. It's a great item. Will that also be like one of the nibbles during happy hours? Sure. I mean, sure. And we, uh, for, for happy hour. And then also along with that focaccia we have, which we don't have any of our core digs, we have a, um, a very small uh, pastry cabinet that has that focaccia of the day in it, has some sticky carrot cake, has these delicious brown butter chocolate chip cookies. And so part of wanting to create a space that was really exciting for people to come all during the day, that all day cafe idea, mm-hmm. as well as happy hour, that's really sort of part of the engine that will drive that. So, you know, you might not want a full bowl. You may want to just have, you know, a nice slice of focaccia and a, and a cold beer, and that's great. Or you might want to get a fresh baked cookie and a, a cup of coffee while you get on your Zoom call, you know, where, wherever we are these days. <laughs> so we want to create a space that was really exciting, uh, no matter what time of day it was. Right. Sounds great. I want to come and visit really soon. <laughs> So (laughs) I'm also intrigued by the sheet pan meals because that's something that, you know, I do at home. It it makes it really easy and they always come out delicious. So is that something that you created for Dig on 4th or? Clearly I didn't create it for Dig on 4th because you also make it at home and it's really (laughs) delicious and it's really easy. And and honestly, that's the point. Oftentimes, I mean, you know, we can, we can operate at at many different levels of restaurants and, and they're all magnificent. We can do these very fussy, extremely special meals. But what we're really known for is uh, vegetable forward, craveable food that, that really makes you feel comforted, almost embraces you. And so this sheet, this idea of having a sheet tray dinner that you can come in and we can, we'll be rotating it weekly, uh, whether it's a lemon chicken dinner or whole roasted fish with some, with some nice broiled vegetables on the side. We really want to create that as, as something that we're not known for right now, but we feel will be pretty compelling for, for, for people as we continue to evolve as a society, you know, outside the pandemic uh, and beyond. And a lot of those items are, are, will be roasted as you think of as sheet tray dinners, like on, on a sheet tray and sort of, you know, throw everything together, put a bunch of beautiful herbs and lemon and roast it off. And so that was a, the, it'll show up such as that. But we're using it really as a catch-all for this idea, this nostalgic, comforting food. Because in the summer, we may make some delicious summer tomato spaghetti and serve it with a side salad. And we'll still call it the sheet tray meal of the night, even though I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to put it on a sheet tray. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I haven't gone totally crazy. I'm not going to serve pasta on a sheet tray. But the idea is that it's something that is comforting, is recognizable, has mm-hmm. some nostalgia to it. So we're really excited about it. Yeah, that sounds cool. And um, I know that you, you are going in a full service direction with Dig on Fourth, but it seems like, you know, a lot of fast casuals are going in the direction of becoming more like QSRs. They're putting in drive throughs and contactless ordering and even robots. So, yeah. so you decided consciously to go in this other direction. Yes, I mean we a, a lot of a, a lot of the way that we're cooking will still service multiple channels. We are not blind to where society is heading, and 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 it's great. We want to reach people wherever they are. However, we still really believe in the power of community and the power of a shared 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 meal around the table. And though we always have this very 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 cute point of view for the moment we're at, I, you know, I I believe that 
uh, we believe that um, it, it's still really important to bring people around the table uh, and create create spaces. And 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 I think almost more so. I mean, there's you know my friends that are not in the in the F and B uh, space. They want to get out of their house if they're still working from home or working from home part time. They want to go. Uh, people want to catch up with each other. There's there really is. Um, I think there will still always be an occasion for people to gather in a space and share, break literally break bread. In this case, gotcha together. So. Uh, we want to embrace that. And we believe it's going to be very successful. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So I'm glad you're going in that direction. (laughs) And But you are using some technology to increase efficiencies. You mentioned that. So what are some of the innovations? So, I mean, in our kitchen, we're using KMS, uh, KDS system, uh, kitchen management, kitchen display systems, which we haven't had in 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 our current restaurant. So that's exciting. Part of that technology uh, we're going to be able to leverage all the different channels between pickup, dine-in, dine-out, delivery, and be able to prioritize so we can hit times that, that our guests expect of us. So that's new. I also mentioned um, we have, I think, what I call the, the right amount of programming versus just cook it in the oven until it's done. And in terms of balancing, we talked about the labor. We want to pay our employees more and, and, and a great living wage and really uh, do that. But at the same time, I still want to teach them how to cook because I think it's really important. And, and them coming to work and just hitting, you know, number four and turning around and waiting for number four to beep, whatever that beep means, honestly, doesn't feel like we're doing our part as an employer because we're not enriching our employees. And so there is a balance that we've employed smart technology where it makes sense, which is going to help our employees. It's going to make their job easier. It's going to take away some of the guesswork. It's going to sort of prioritize, do this ticket, not that ticket, do that ticket next. That's really, you know, those are the kind of things as a line cook, which can be very draining. If we can, if we can leverage that technology to create systems that just really help our workforce know what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it. I think that's winning for all, for all. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that, that, that's, that's basically how, 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 you know, we view it. Now, I know Day Gone Forth is just opening this week, but do you have plans to replicate the model in other areas? We hope to. uh, You know, we feel pretty good about this model. And, you know, you you know us from from the city. We do lots of volume really fast. We've gotten really good over it, being in a very dense urban center. But the idea of being able to stretch out the day and, and having a slightly more of a diverse offering, we feel like it's going to be very attractive as we spread across the Northeast and up and down the, the, the eastern seaboard to reach communities where they are. So yeah, the, the plan is hopefully to, to, to keep replicating this, which is again, it's dig, but it's just sort of with a with with a new perspective and sort of some new offerings, which which I think, you know, I believe in evolution. <laughs> I you know I'm not a science denier here. And so um, I think we all need to evolve and, and meet our communities where we are. And we think this is a great, a great offering for uh, for the communities uh, wherever they may be. So into the suburbs too, not just urban. Yeah, for sure. Into the, exactly into the in, into the suburbs, into the different you know s- smaller cities, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So just to um, finish off, what are you most looking forward to, both personally and professionally, as we proceed through twenty twenty two? Oh, that's such a good question. Both professionally and personally, for honestly, I mean, I think probably every chef will tell you they kind of they kind of match together. But I will say, I, I think in many ways, what's occurred over the last few years is really, um, though there's been lots of tragedy and lots of disruption, I think there's been a lot of gifts along the way. It's really caused me to reflect on what kind of kitchen environment I want to create, what I want to continue creating. I always felt like we, we did a great job, but we can always do a better job. We think a lot more about equity and, and 
sort of the work-life balance in, in, in the restaurant industry in general. You know, I want people to be able to come to work, work really passionately, have a great working environment, learn skills, move up the ladder, become, you know, go from being a line cook to a sous chef, to a chef de cuisine, to a chef operator of our restaurants and beyond. But I won't, don't want that to come at the sacrifice of them seeing their family and taking care of their loved ones and seeing them. So I'm looking forward to us to us find that balance. And I feel that um, there are a lot of things in place to do that. Um, and I think that's pretty exciting. It, 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 it had been and it, ha- it continues to be a watershed moment for me in terms of reflecting on what uh, where our priority is at. And, and I think that I look forward to, to continuing with that. Um, I think business is going to keep growing. Um, and I think hopefully we'll, we'll continue to keep uh, taking care of each other as we should. So, because if we're not doing that, kind of what's the point of, what's the point of it after all, you know, we, we uh, at least I, I think all of us in the, in the industry came to this because we have a love of taking care of others. We have a love of cooking for each other. And so I think we have a nice perspective on how to continue to grow that even more in the future. Thanks so much for sharing the story about Dig on Fourth, Matt, and the excitement of opening week. Please join us for another episode of Menu Feed as we explore more food, drink, and menu trends with chefs and operators. You can listen to this episode and past ones on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.